0: Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This morning, January 10th, 2022, reporter Charles V. Bagley broke the news in the New York Times that Robert Durst died of a heart attack as a prisoner in Stockton, California, where he was serving a life sentence for the murder of his friend, Susan Berman. On this special breaking news episode of Jury Duty, we speak with Los Angeles County Deputy DA John Lewin who secured the conviction against Durst for Berman's murder. And later in the episode, we speak with reporter Charles Bagley, who, as we mentioned, broke the story of Durst's death and who covered the trial for The New York Times, for Jury Duty, and for CrimeStory.com. That's all coming up after the break. John Lewin worked on the prosecution of Robert Durst for eight years. He famously interviewed Durst for two and a half hours when Durst was arrested in New Orleans, Louisiana in 2015. And he cross-examined Durst for nine days in August and September the last year during Durst's murder trial. In future bonus episodes, we plan to interview Prosecutor Lewin at length about the trial, but today I was able to get John Lewin's reaction to Robert Durst's passing.
1: John Lewin? Yes, thank you for joining us. John, I'm keen to hear your response to the news that Robert Durst has passed away. Well, you know, obviously it's tragic when anybody dies, but Bob Durst was 78 years old, and he's responsible for the deaths of three people. So I think that that's something that really needs to be considered when you kind of reflect on what's happened. So if you kind of think about it, Bob lived 50 years longer than Kathy. He lived 20 years longer than Susan. So I think in the end, he was very lucky to have lived to an age where he could succumb to the various medical problems that, We're independent of his criminality in which, you know, all of us suffer from. So I think that you also have to kind of consider that throughout the process, Bob Durst was completely unrepentant. He was unremorseful. And this extended even to trial. He got up there and he literally perjured himself in a frequency and in a manner that I've never seen in my 30 year career. Never accepted any responsibility for anything that he did. He lived a very selfish and egocentric life. And I'm just grateful and appreciative that the jury was able to listen to the evidence and to return a verdict while he was alive. So, John, can you confirm that the jury's verdict will now be vacated yes so california law and the way that it works in most states is that until a verdict is final and that does not occur until after an appellate decision has been rendered if a defendant files an appeal and they almost always do that if somebody dies during the pendency of the appeal then the conviction is vacated. So that's what will happen here. Any thoughts on that? Well, uh I mean, obviously, that's what the law is. I think there are probably some good reasons, some good arguments you can make that a verdict reached by a jury should be final for the purposes of a conviction. But that's what the law is, and it's not my position to dispute or argue with what the law is. The law is the law. Any thoughts on the indictment against Bob Durst in Westchester County, New York, or any thoughts on any of the civil litigation against the Durst organization and the members of the Durst family? I'm not going to speak about Westchester's case. The only thing that I will say about the civil litigation is what I have said in the courtroom. When it has come up and during the pretrial process, the evidence in the case, and I worked on this case for more than eight years. I think I know it probably better than anybody else in the world. There is no evidence, none whatsoever, that anyone other than Bob Durst killed Kathy Durst, disposed of her body, murdered Susan Berman, murdered Morris Black, and disposed of his body. No evidence that anyone participated, planned, or assisted in any of those crimes. And the idea that there is some wide-ranging conspiracy involving individuals that have been named, there's not one bit of evidence to support it. So clearly you think that Susan Berman was a part of the cover-up after the fact of Kathy Durst's disappearance and murder. You think that she was the only person that Robert Durst enlisted in that cover-up? Yes, there isn't any evidence of anybody else, and I think that he enlisted Susan because he had to. I don't think that it was a question of, this is the person I want to choose. He needed somebody that he could fully trust and someone that could help it. I have no idea whose idea it was to call the dean. I am confident of one thing. I'm very confident that Bob never told Susan anything other than Kathy died in some kind of accident, which, by the way, I believe is completely untrue. So there's no evidence that Bob ever told anybody what he did with Kathy. And in fact, He would have no motive to do so. And if you look at even the way he testified in trial, Bob Durst doesn't admit to things if you show him a picture of the sky and put it up on a projector and you ask him what color it is, Bob will say, the sky's red. And you'll go, but Bob, the sky's blue. And he'll go, no, it's red. So someone who will lie to that extent about things that are beyond dispute uh is not someone who is going to be confiding information that is damaging to himself, to anybody that he doesn't have to. John Lewin, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I look forward to a more extensive conversation where we do a bit of a deep dive into your prosecution of the case and your strategy. I know our listeners will be very keen to hear all of that. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: Joining us now is Charlie Bagley, who broke the story of Durst's death in The New York Times and who reported on the trial for The Times and for Jury Duty and CrimeStory.com.
1: Charles Bagley, thank you for joining us on this fateful day.
0: Hey, I'm happy to be back.
1: So Robert Durst died today at the age of 78. When did you find out?
2: You know, it's been expected because Bob has been in poor health for some time. So uh, it was sort of a question of when. Most people doubted that he would ever make it to trial in Westchester, New York. But in any event, I was out on my Daily walk six mile walk through around town, and uh, I suddenly got a call from my wife saying that th- the phone was ringing off the hook, and I had to come home right away and She wouldn't tell me what it was about, but she came and picked me up and and uh, there were two people that had called with the news and like i said it was it was a surprise but not unexpected. Can you tell me the circumstances under which he
1: died, where was he? What did he die of?
2: Well, Bob w- was sentenced to the California healthcare facility in Stockton, California. He has had problems ever since he got there with COVID. At one point, he was on a ventilator. So he's had congestive problems. And as I understand it, early this morning, he was taken to the local hospital where they were going to give him some tests dealing with a whole other set of maladies. And Bob went into cardiac arrest, tried to revive him, and they were not successful. He died at 6.44 a.m. Pacific time.
1: What, if anything, have you been able to find out about the impact of this on both the California conviction for the murder of Susan Berman and the Westchester indictment for the murder of Kathy Durst.
2: Well, you know, the, the irony with all this is that for much of his adult life, Bob Durst eluded justice. Investigators in three states suspected him of an involvement in the deaths of three different people, including his first wife, Kathy. Finally, in last year, last fall, he was convicted of killing Susan Berman, his close friend who had acted as his spokesperson and sort of a wall against the media. And so it seemed that there was finally justice. And then a, a month or so later, he was indicted again, finally for the disappearance and murder of Kathy Durst back in 1982. But lo and behold, he dies and and in Cal- under california law bob's conviction will be tossed aside because he had not completed the process of appealing his conviction now you know there was still a jury conviction here but there will not be a record of a conviction in california but this also has implications for the New York case in that it would be pretty hard for them to go forward without the defendant. And so the grand jury proceeding will shut down, and it's unlikely that much more will happen out of the BA's office. However, they are trying to be helpful with information to the family of his first wife, the McCormick's who are likely to file some kind of civil suit against the Durst estate and others. The attorney for the McCormick family issued a statement this morning where he said that they will continue to investigate Kathy's murder and provide further updates. I'm guessing that the DA's office in Westchester will also provide them with any information that they've been able to uncover about the circumstances surrounding Kathy's disappearance and death, as well as what happened afterwards.
1: In that statement, I see that they make reference to making some sort of an announcement on the 40th anniversary of her disappearance. They refer to it as her murder and they also make reference to their investigation not only into the alleged murder, but also into those who helped Robert Durst cover up the murder. We know a lot about that from their previous press conferences and statements.
2: Yes, Robert Abrams, as the attorney for the McCormick family, has talked about a fairly wide-ranging conspiracy that assisted Bob in the cover-up of the murder of Kathy Durst. They did file a suit which was in New York Court that was tossed out. It's up for appeal. No certainty on exactly what will happen there, but I, I think we can almost certainly expect some sort of wrongful death suit, in part based on Robert Durst's indictment in Westchester County, right. the place where Kathy is suspected of having met her end. And Mr. Abrams has also talked a lot about and made certain allegations in court papers about who was helpful to Bob Durst all these many years. And I think he'll be, I'm guessing, issuing more information and naming names on the anniversary of Kathy's disappearance on January
1: 31st. Charlie, you had a couple of more pieces of news report today why don't you
2: tell us about those sure on december 21st one of the key figures in the disappearance of kathy durst a key witness albert cooperman died he was 90 years old he was the dean at the medical school that kathy was attending when she suddenly vanished and the monday after she disappeared a woman called the dean identifying herself as Kathy Durst. And she said, I'm not feeling well. I'm not going to come in today. But many people today, and in fact in court in California, they indicated that the person that made that phone call was actually Bob's close friend and confidant, Susan Berman, and that Bob, he was convicted of killing her because he feared that she was about to reveal to investigators her role in the cover-up. But Dean Cooperman now has died. It was very interesting during the trial, there were probably over a dozen of Kathy's classmates who testified. And in a sort of tribute to the amount of time that's passed, I was really struck by the fact that they were talking about Kathy Durst when they were all in their 20s. They were all young people going out into the world and here they were all these years later testifying and they were retiring as doctors. Kathy, of course, was never able to become a doctor. Her dream. The next day after Dr. Cooperman died, Joe Becerra, who was the state police investigator who in 1999 reopened the investigation into the disappearance of Kathy Durst. He did some fabulous investigating, unearthing witnesses, putting it together, but he ran into trouble within his own organization, within the justice system in Westchester, but he remained a state police investigator until Bob Durst was indicted in Westchester last year, and Joe took his leave on uh, December 22nd.
1: And so, Charlie, what does this mean for Charles Bagley's coverage of the Durst story? Is this the end, or is this just the beginning of a new chapter in the Durst saga?
2: (laughs) Well, I think there's going to be an afterword that covers a couple of things. One will be whatever civil suit ensues and what that may uncover. And, you know, The full accounting of the Bob Durst story is just a hell of an amazing story because there are so many twists and turns, and even his death brings another peculiar turnabout in that the record will be wiped clean, if not his reputation.
1: Well, Charlie, thanks again for bringing us this fairly major news in the story of Bob Durst the end of his time on this planet. We've already had a lot of reaction among our listeners to the news, and I really appreciate everything you've done to keep us informed on the
2: story. Hey, Carrie, I I think you've done a great job, and I don't think the full accounting appeared anywhere but in Crime Story. Thank you
1: very much, Charlie, and thanks again for all your work. We'll talk soon. Thank you.
2: Okay. Good
0: night. That concludes this special bonus episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst. We've got more reporting on the Durst story coming up as well. Make sure you are subscribed to this feed because in future bonus episodes, we will bring you interviews with Prosecutor John Lewin and with members of the Los Angeles jury that convicted Robert Durst. Also, check out our latest season, Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery, for all of our gavel-to-gavel coverage of the trial of the three men who were recently convicted and given life sentences for the pursuit and murder of a young black man who was running through their neighborhood. And in the coming weeks, stay tuned for a big announcement about the compelling next season of Jury Duty. Jury Duty is hosted, produced, and created by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. This special episode was co-produced and edited by Chris Terracon. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.